The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. And the Star Sport podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, Kieran, it's a huge week for Cork GAA across the board. And on this week's podcast, we're looking ahead to two big games with two big guests. Uh, first up, we'll be hearing from former Cork footballer Holly O'Sullivan as he shares his thoughts on Cork's chances in the Senior Football Championship this year. Cork are travelling up to Park Talton to face Loud on Saturday in the opening game of their group stage in this year's championship. And secondly, we'll also hear from Cork Ladies Football Manager Shane Ronain, who joins us to chat about their upcoming Munster Senior A final against Kerry in Mallow this Saturday. So that's a lot to get through today, Kieran. But first, we'll just run through a couple of West Cork sports stories from the past week. And we'll start with the big one from Sunday as Dunmanway Town were crowned Beamish Cup champions with their victory over Bunratty United. The win makes it three in four seasons for Dunmanway. And by all accounts, Kieran, it was a great occasion for West Cork soccer. Yeah, we had Joe McCarthy up in Turner's Cross on Sunday covering this this game for us. So like we've said in the podcast in recent weeks, the Beamish Cup final, it's the FA Cup final of the West Cork League. And Joe last week predicted uh, a tight game between Domenway Town and Bunratty, and that's just what translated. So Domenway Town came on top 2-1. They got two goals in the first quarter of the game. Keith White had a 30-minute opener, and then Will Hillegan got a superb goal after 20, uh, 22 minutes to put Domenway 2-0 up. Connor Brosnan pulled a goal back for Bunratty in the second half and they they pushed, they really huffed and puffed in that second half, but the Menway Town held out to win, to win the cup for the third time in four years. So they really are Beamish Cup specialists. And part of that team is Stephen O'Donovan, who was winning his sixth Beamish Cup title with the Menway Town, which is an, an incredible record as well. And just to know too, I just see there on social media that Colin Cleary, um, a Bunrat United stalwart, that was his last game for the club. Um, so he's um, unfortunately he didn't bow on the high that he would have wanted but Bunratty have had a very good season they came up out of the championship last year and they really put themselves in amongst the big boys the Dunmanway Towns the Clannacity Soccer Clubs the Drina Rangers they were uh, top three in the in the Premier Division they got to a uh, um, a Beamish Cup final, so they can take a lot of positives from this season and and building it for for the for the seasons ahead. But for the Town, the Beamish Cup is back there for another winter, and I think the the celebrations were ongoing this week. Yeah, lots of celebrations in Dunmanway, and we have a video of um, Jeremy McCarthy managed to catch a, a brilliant goal on camera 
from Will Henningen, like you said there. So we have a video of that on available on uh, the Southern Star website. I'll put it in the description of this for anyone who is listening and on YouTube or on the Star website as well. And uh, moving on to some good news for Cork um, ahead of, of this weekend's and match. Now, Liam O'Donovan, he won't be playing this weekend, but he did play his first game of football for Clonakilty in over 18 months on Sunday against Newcastown. And Kieran, it's brilliant to see him back. It's great news for Clan and for Cork, but mostly for Liam himself. Exactly. Liam has been through the mill. Like the poor fella has suffered more than most when it comes to injuries. It actually goes back to the summer of 2020. I think it was June 2020 um, in a challenge game against Fellies when uh, Liam did his he, ACL and that knocked him out for a year. And that's just kind of kicked off an awful run of injuries for for Liam. But the, the good news was we saw him back on the football field for Clannock Hilty last Sunday. He lined out in the half-back line as Clan took on Newcestown in a top-of-the-table Division Two County Football League game that incidentally finished nine points apiece. So both Clan and Newcestown are still in the hunt for promotion to Division One. One of the big positives was to see Liam back in the Clan of Kilty jersey. His last football game for Clan before last Sunday was actually mid-November 2021 when Clan of Kilty beat Douglas in the County Premier Senior Football Championship semi-final up in Parky Cueve. And at the very, very end of that game, that's where Liam suffered the, the serious hamstring injury that literally has put his football career on hold for the last 18 months. Um like those who've seen Liam play know what a fantastic footballer he is. He broke on the scene with Cork back in 2019, really impressive. But for Clan, he is such a leader in, in that team. He's he's such a good footballer, but it's just how he leads by example. So for Clan to have him back is great news. And hopefully, touch wood, it all goes well for him that we might see him back in a Cork jersey at some stage. But I think for now, I think it'd be great just to see Liam get games under his belt with Clan Kilty over, over the next couple of months to take it easy. But the feel his way back into football because the last thing any of us want to see is for, for Liam to suffer an, another setback. But it's, it's it's great news, really good news. He did make a brief comeback for Clans Junior Hurlers in October last year, but that was brief. Like he didn't feature at all for Cork in the in the Division Two League this year, Dylan. Hadn't featured for Clan Kilty footballers up to now. But it's just great to see him back and just want to wish him the, the best to look in the next couple of weeks and months. And and like I said, hopefully he'll get that run of games that he needs and that he that he deserves to get his football career back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he played 40 minutes, I think it was before he was taken off in the early, in the second half there. So it's great news and hopefully he'll slowly build up the fitness again um, in the coming months. Now, moving on, we've a big interview coming up, Kieran, in this week's Southern Star. The European Rowing Championships start tomorrow in Slovenia and we have chatted well you have chatted not us you have chatted to olympic and world champion fintan mccarthy and can you give our podcast listeners a maybe a sneak preview of your long read with him so it was saturday a week ago now or um i met up with fintan at the national Rowing center up in Nascara. it was the day before the rowing ireland team headed off to italy on camp before the europeans that like you said dylan day they start this thursday and they run to Sunday so it was a chance just to see where Finton is at right now because this is 2023 and this is the start of the Olympic qualification journey so just for our listeners to give them context 
the World Championships in September. That's the first opportunity for boats to qualify for the Paris Games next year. So Ireland will want their lightweight Irish, the Irish lightweight men's double will want to qualify at the, at the first chance in September. So this is the start. This is the start of Paris. Paris is undermined because for the next not even 18 months, if we're thinking of summer next year, what's that? 13, 14 months, 15 months? That's that. almost 12 months away now at this stage. Yeah. yeah. So like it's going to be centered on the Olympics. So I just wanted to chat to Fintan just about where he is at the start of this journey. And it's a really interesting chat because he has grown on and off the water in the in the last couple of years from the young fellow who won his his seat from Gary O'Donovan back in 2019 to where he is now an Olympic champion, a multiple world champion, a multiple European champion. And you can see that that growth in him, how much he's developed over the years. He's 26 years old, so he's he's still quite young, but he's so experienced in in terms of 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 what he has um, achieved in rowing. So, like I said, it's just it's a, it's a really interesting read, I think, because it's just about the development of a of a of, of a sports person and how he's had to adapt over the years to almost to what Paul O'Donovan does and to what the Irish rowing team does because Fintan is someone who likes to plan everything out. He wants to know what he's doing next week, the week after, the week after that, and he can plan accordingly. But that's not the way it's been in that Irish lightweight double with Paul O'Donovan. But there's just magic there. There's a bit of stardust when this, these two Skibreen Wars come together. So it's a it's a recommended read for me, for our listeners to check out this Thursday's Southern Star because... It'll just give you that insight into one of Ireland's top sports people right now. And that's exactly what Fintan McCarthy is. It's always about Paul. And Paul is an incredible world-class athlete. But Fintan is an incredible world-class athlete too, who has made that Irish lightweight double the success that it is alongside Paul. So it's just, just an opportunity to get no Fintan a little bit better. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll back you up on that recommendation. I got a chance to to read the interview um earlier this week as well. So looking forward to that and Everyone should go out and buy the star tomorrow to read it themselves. Um, we're going to hear now, Kieran, from Holly O'Sullivan ahead of Cork's opening game in the Sam Maguire this weekend against Loud. And he wrote in his inside track column in the Southern Star a couple of weeks ago that Cork will need to innovate to succeed this year. Do you think that they might have over the last six weeks had a chance to to come up with some new tactics, come up with something something slightly different? and? And how do you rate their chances? Well, Cork will definitely have to come, come up with something a lot better than they showed against Clare in Innes six weeks ago, Dylan, because that wasn't next or near good enough. That was the Munster quarterfinal exit, albeit Cork lost by a point, 14 points to 13. It was still a poor Cork performance and it, it left them licking their wounds for the last couple of weeks. And there was a period there where it was actually unknown whether Cork would be in the Sam Maguire Cup or in, or in the Talton Cup. And for a county like Cork to be on the precipice like that, like it, it's, it's not where you want to be. But as results panned out, Cork got into the Samuel Guard Cup in a group with Loud, uh, Kerry and Mayo. So it's it's a, a tough group, but three three teams out of the four go forward, which I don't know, like we've all, we're all sports fans here, we've seen different sports, like when you have a group of four and three go forward, like it's it's taken the jeopardy out of it a little mm, bit, mm. but um, it could work in, in Cork's favour because what it means is this game on Saturday, Cork against Loud, it's the biggest game for both counties because on paper, it looks the most winnable game for both counties. So if Cork Touchwood get the win that we all want them to get on Saturday, it sets them up then for the next couple of games because I'm not saying it guarantees the third place at worst, but you would think that Kerry and Mayo would both beat loud. So it's a huge game for, for Cork on, on Saturday. 
Um, can they do it? I, I think they can. I think they can. I think they've had those six weeks to, like I said, lick their wounds at the start, but then actually work so, so hard towards Saturday because this is the game that will define their season. Win this, and there's a totally different complexion on, on the season. Lose it, and then you're staring into games against Kerry and against Mayo, and you're almost fearing the worst. Big addition is Brian Hurley is, is back. He missed the last couple of games in the league, and he missed the last to, to, to clear as well. So Brian is, is the car captain. He's still the top forward in the county. He's the spirit of that car attack. Like Harley O'Sullivan will tell us quite soon, Brian Hurley is the man you want with the ball in your hand if there's a goal chance for Cork. And he is a difference maker. Huge game for Cork. Can they do it? They can. Will they do it? I think they will. And I think that will set us up then for a, a tasty Cork Kerry game the following Saturday up in Parky Cueve at 3 pm. The games are are coming thick and fast, but Cork need to get the work done and get the job done against um against Loud on Saturday. But when I started talking to Holly O'Sullivan first, I just wanted to get his he's taken the open round of the Summer World Cup, which was last weekend, and it included Mayo's big five point win down in Killarney in the same group last weekend. So, Holly, the Cork footballers are kicking off their Semaguar Cup campaign on Saturday, a trip up to Nevin to take on Lowell. But first of all, I just want to get your take on the, the opening weekend of, of action in the Semaguar Cup, especially Group 1. Mayo took Kerry Scalp. How do you think that'll, um, that'll affect Group 1 in the next couple of weeks? Well, I suppose, you know, Kerry, Kerry didn't seem to have the required desire. And like Mayo, like they were the only team all along that, you know, could go man to man with Dublin and came very close to beat him and Kerry are another team that played that kind of football as well where they allowed an opposition team to go man to man but Mayo's fitness levels looked savage you know they they were very very hungry um, I think Kevin McStay said after that after they lost to Ross Common that he gave them two weeks off mm-hmm. and look that was a luxury to have I suppose because they had won division one in the league he knew they were in a very good place they had to go out the week after and play Ross Common so, like, it wasn't as if they had a huge amount to work on. They were kind of caught, by, caught in the hop by Ross Cameron a week after they played the league final. So, like, that was kind of tough on them. But they seemed to open Kerry very easily. They overran him at midfield. You know, Kerry didn't track their runners. They created numerous goal chances. Jason Foley looked in trouble with Aidan O'Shea at fullback all, all day long. And they got their matchups right. You know, Paddy Clifford was kept scoreless. Shani Shea was kept scoreless. You know, David Clifford was excellent again, but only for him. It could have been a far wider gap. And look, I suppose there's a lot of learnings there for Cork. If Cork can produce a performance against Lowe and 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 try and take some of those things that worked for, for Mayo against Kerry, you know, you could have a positive performance in Park and Cueve as well the week after. So that's Cork and Kerry. That's Parky Cueve this Saturday week. But Cork kick it off, like I said earlier, against Lowe this weekend. And we touched it there too, Holly. Mayo had a big break between being knocked out of Connacht and their opening game in Clarny last weekend. Cork have also had a six weeks since the since we lost uh, to Clare in that shock Munster quarterfinal to this game against Loud. So how do you think the Cork management will have got the best out of those six weeks? Well, look, I suppose we all, we all came out of it as saying that they had an awful lot of work to do and an awful lot of improving to do. So I suppose the six-week gap, you know, gave them that chance. Um, they played, they probably played a number of challenge games and they probably looked at their game plan. You'd be expecting and. You know, they were, they, they, they'd have looked at ways of trying to improve that and trying to develop their game. And look, sure, it's we're all in the dark a bit again with regard to what way they're going to set up and what way it's going to go. But 
you'll be hoping that we'd see drastic improvement. And also on top of that, like the players, you know, like in the past, if you had a defeat like that, you'd be out the weekend after in a qualifier and you'd be back on the horse. And the, the kind of mental block about getting beaten by Clare and Ennis had begun. But they've had six long weeks now of kind of the Cork football public and people in general saying the Cork are written off. So like that hurt and that desire, you know, that has to has to come to the fore as well. And I've no doubt it will. They'll be they have to be raring to get back on the horse and have a real cut off load and, you know, de deliver a decent performance and, and come out right side of it. What was the most disappointed aspect of Cork's performance against Clare? Well, I suppose Cork were, you know, they, they were there, thereabouts, as, as kind of poor as it all turned out to be. You know, we could have easily got out of there with a one point or a two point win if 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 um, things had gone our way. But look, it was it, it, it was just very easy to read. And I thought they did an awful lot of the same things they did all through the league, and it kind of played into Colin Collins's hands because he was well prepared for Cork's kickout strategy and he had his matchups right and you know they played with that hometown fire supported by their their home crowd and look also on top of that Brian Hurley was missing you know and Brian Hurley is still an integral part of the Cork forward line and you know he's, he's supposed to be back fit and playing now for the next day so hopefully that'll be a bonus How much of a boost is that that, that Brian is back he's not only is, is he Cork captain but he was Cork's informed forward for, for a large chunk of the early part of the year as well so like you said Hurley he's an integral part of what Cork want to do yeah, and he's a goal getter. You know, like if he's if he's left one on one, no matter who the the defender is, you know, you could name out some of the best fellas in the country that are able to mark one on one. But if he gets one on one anywhere from the D in, he's gonna take you on. He's gonna to look to stick it in the back of the net, you know. And like he probably would have got one or two of those chances against uh, against Clare that would have put a bit of daylight and a bit of breathing space between the teams that might allow, have allowed the rest of the players to express themselves a small bit more, and that anxiety might have gone if you know what I mean. So look, he he is very important, and he does take minding. You know the opposition know about him. He's he's been undergone over the bonds of ten years with the or over with the with the Cork, Cork squad, and like you know if, if Brian Hurley is inside, they'd be sitting someone in front to to close up that gap. Now look, obviously it depends again what way we're going to line up. You know, will will they go the way they went last year in Parky Creeve, or they went man to man for long stages against Dublin? So you know it's it's. You know, it, it's it's up to what way Mickey Hart is going to line out his team and then set them up as well. This will be Cork and Loud's third meeting in less than 12 months. Force was back in the qualifiers in Parky Creeve last year. Cork came out in the, what you call it, a, a war of attrition in in, in 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 one way. Then in the league this year, up in RD, Loud came out on top. It was their first win against Cork, I think, in 66 years. So they got that monkey off their back. So what's going to happen in this third meeting in 12 months? And where will this, where will this game be decided on Saturday? Yeah. Like, I suppose, in fairness to load, you know, they finished third in Division 2 when they made the Leinster Finals. So, like, it's a pretty successful season for them already. No one would have expected them to beat uh, the Dubs. And, like, to have the battle that uh, Mickey Hart and the confidence that Mickey Hart had to send his squad of players out men to men in Dublin. You know, there's not, you might say Mayo, you might say Kerry, that would be capable of doing that, or maybe Galway, no. But, like, that was very courageous, and obviously he has fierce belief in his, in his team. But... You know, like if again it goes back to like if, if load go fifteen up, fifteen back, it's gonna be a similar kind of a story to last year. It'll be a game of patience and you know, when those gaps appear, you're gonna to have to be able to take those gaps. But it'll depend as well whether the team changes. You know what I mean? Like we, 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 are they sticking with the same primary fifteen, let's say, to twenty players, or will we see some new faces? 
you know, it's 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 hard to call because things have been very quiet since the Innes game because I'd say a lot of people were hurting and there's not a whole point being said and you'd be hoping that there was a lot of hard work being done behind closed doors to, let's say, get back on the horse and, and, um, and, and produce the kind of level of intensity and speed that's needed to beat load. Besides Brian Hurley coming back in for this game, any any changes you'd like to see? Any fellas on the on the periphery that, that you think deserve a chance? Well, there there's there is talk of uh, of Rory McGuire not being fit, um, that he's carrying some kind of a hamstring injury. You know whether he'll be whether he'll be ready in time for for Saturday or not is a different story. But that would that would mean probably you know you could probably see Sean Meehan going to six, or maybe you'll see Tom Clancy Clan coming in at six. You know, because uh, whoever comes in there is going to have a huge job. And, and Sam Mulroy, who's, you know, their top player, and he got 10 points against Dublin. And if he can get 10 points against Dublin, but the quality of defenders that they have, he's going to be one guy that has to be stopped. If he gets 10 points against Cork, more than likely we're going to come out the wrong side of it because it will be a, it, it, it won't be as high, it won't be as high scoring a game as, as the Leinster final was you'd expect anyway, you know. This is a huge game for both Cork and Lord. With the greatest respect to both counties, they both have to play um, Mayo and Kerry in, in the weeks after. And with the way this championship is set up, Holly, it's three teams out of the group of four will go through. So if you get one win under your belt, that's almost guaranteeing you progression. So both Cork and Loud, they'll be targeting this game because they know if they can get a win on Saturday, it sets them up for the games to come. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. This is probably the biggest game Cork have had in years in the championship, to be honest. Um, if you know if, if you come out the wrong side of it again, you know you could be set back for quite a while. It'll be a big, big blow to confidence in general and 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 to this group of players. But as you said, you know there's three out, one win. Like if Cork beat Loud and deliver two good performances against Bod Mayo and Kerry, you'd be in a good place for a preliminary quarter final. Then you don't know who you'd get there. But like the other side of it then is, and look, it's only my own opinion, I suppose. It it'd probably be far more exciting if there was only two way out of each group. You know, three is an awful lot, and you know you could have a fair stab at picking who the four are going to be that are that are going to be left out. Like if you had two, you know, you could imagine oh, Cork beat Load and Kerry coming to Cork, then Cork could have a chance of putting over the championship basically, and to create to create great excitement and 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 draw a far bigger crowd to Parky Creek. Maybe that's something that the GA can can even learn from this year going into next year. Like you said there, the fact that the three teams out of four are going through, like there's. There's little jeopardy then, like it's coming down to if you win one game, you're almost true. And then if you, you lose your next two, it won't make much of a difference because you have that preliminary quarterfinal to fall back on. So could be something that you can tweak after this year, maybe. Yeah, and, and I suppose on top of that as well, like, you know, like you had the kind of one-sided draw in Connacht, you know, the draw wasn't seeded and just like, oh, in fairness to them, they deserved their spot. They, they, they are in one of the groups, but if, if the provincial draws were seeded, it would give... You know, you, you probably would have the top sixteen teams in the in in, in the country then in the in the four by four. But look, I suppose the provincial championship, you know, it it it, it does deserve giving the, the weaker counties a chance at least to to make a Leinster final or a Munster final. But then on the other side of that, we saw three out of the four provincial finals were a waste of time. You know, so you you know they'll they, they'll be looking at that as well, saying. That maybe maybe they'll be looking at the Munster Council and all the other councils and asking them to see their draws for next year to make sure that you have decent provincial finals and that you really do end up with you know four very good teams in each one of the four groups, which then would make it highly competitive for three to get out. Just on the provincials for a second, while you mentioned it, what is the future for them, Holly? Because Munster carry one by fourteen, 
Connacht, I think Galway won by 14, and then Leinster, Jesus, Dublin won by over 20 points. And I know, granted, okay, up in Ulster, that was a, it's always tight up there. But can you see a future in the provincials if they keep going the way they are? Because Leinster and Munster become a bit monotonous at the moment. Well, I suppose, you know, the, the, the dream is there of getting to a final and catching a stronger team, isn't it? You know, it's going to be very hard, you know, with the voting system in, in the provincial councils and all that kind of stuff to go away from non-seeding of the of the drug. And obviously it can happen by by accident and that you have the stronger teams on opposite sides and you will have competitive provincial finals. But this year with Clare beating Cork and with, uh, with Sligo getting through on the other side and obviously Dublin are really, you know, starting to steam again and then they, they, they whitewashed everybody they met in Leinster basically. But look, it's it's a it's a difficult one, and obviously, you know, having the two provincial finalists going through to the four by four was trying to give more importance to the to the to, to the provincial championships. But I, I I would say it probably won't work out like this every time. Do you know what I mean? That you were in a situation where you had like Cork and Kerry Munster final probably wouldn't have been a fourteen point hammering or whatever it was with Clare. Um, if you were the Mayo Galway Connacht final, that's not going to be a hammering either. Do you know what I mean? So it could be a one-off year that is an exception, if you know what I mean. So look, it remains to be seen. It's not for we can only talk about it. I suppose we 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 don't have any influence, but they they could definitely end up with a stronger sixteen as the final four by fours if 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 the draws were different. I'm interested to see how the next couple of weeks pan out. But starting so on Saturday. What's your prediction? Can Cork go up to to Navin and come away with that that vital win to set them up for for Kerry and Mayo in the weeks ahead? Yeah, I I I think they can. I I be expecting, and it'll be very very disappointing if it doesn't happen. I expect them to play with ferocious intent and ferocious ferocity because you know they they're hurting with the last six weeks and it's been a tough time for them. You can be guaranteed, and they're bound to be raring for all. No, on the other side of it, you know, Lauder coming off a heavy defeat against Dublin. Will that affect them mentally, or will there will there be that element of baggage there as well? Like like Cork would have had, let's say, if the break was less from from the from the Clare game, but it is it is a huge advantage also, obviously, that the game is in Nevin rather than above and load, you know, because it, it's basically a neutral venue, and you know, Lowe play their home games there, but Cork are comfortable playing in, in Park Telton as well. They've they've played there recently, so I think that's an advantage to Cork as well. Final question, Holly, and you mentioned it there. Cork are hurting, disappointed after their performance and lost to Clare. How important is it that they they, they bring that intent that, that, that you spoke of there, that they that they use that disappointment and turn it into a positive in their performance on Saturday? Oh, sure. Look, you know, we, 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 we've all played and we've all been there. And, you know, the, the, that terrible feeling of putting in so much work and not producing on the day, you know, that's a, that's a killer. You know, all you're waiting to do is get back out and prove that you're better than you should. You know, and this squad of players definitely are far, far better than what they showed in 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 Innes. And I've no doubt that John Cleary and Kevin Watson and the rest of them would have been driving that on saying, Look, you're written off. You know, this is this this is your time if you want to get back on the horse. But we can't be under any illusions either. Or Loud showed a lot of stuff against Dublin that they're well capable of, you know, bringing a huge performance as well and 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 turning Cork over even if Cork do produce, you know. So look, my feeling is Cork, and I hope. My feeling is right because it'll be nice to, to go into the carry game with a, a game under your belt and a win under your belt. And they having, you know, they, they go in in the need of points and they look more vulnerable than they were last year. 
So look, it remains to be seen, but I, I think Cork will win. Best of all, thanks. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Uh, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and Cork's reward for a good win over Waterford in Ahamilla a couple of weeks ago, Kieran, was a place in the Munster LGFA Senior A final this weekend against Kerry. We're going to hear now from manager Shane Ronane about what a win would mean for his team and the importance of the competition as well. And you caught up with him to chat about that. Yeah, good good chance to catch up with Shane Ronane. So it's the Munster Ladies Senior Football Final this Sunday, 3.30 in Mallow. Big game for Cork. They go in as reigning Munster champions, but they go in against an informed carry team that won the league Division 1 title earlier in the year and also contested last year's All-Ireland Football Final. So this is a carry team very much on the rise. So Cork know that they need to bring the Ray game if they want to beat Kerry. When they met a couple of weeks ago in the round robin part of this um of the Munster Championship. Kerry actually led by 10 points with minutes to go, but Cork rallied very, very late. They scored an unanswered 2-4 to statue draw. I think Orla Cahillan and Eva Kiley got the goals. But Cork know they can't let Kerry get a 10-point lead. It's one thing giving them a 10-point lead in a round-robin game where Kerry knew no matter what was going to happen, they were probably going to go through to the Munster final. But with silverware at stake, there's no way in the world that Cork can leave that happen on, on Sunday. Cork are going in, in a good place, did a good win there against Waterford, like you said, Dylan, in the in the last round. They only conceded four points, only conceded one point from play. Defensively, they, they were quite solid. They'll need that and a lot more against a far better, better carry team. But it's just a good challenge for Shane Ronane's side right now to see where they are at compared to the to one of the top teams in the country. So all roads lead to Mallow on Sunday. And it's it's just interesting. There's such a deluge of games right now, GA games every weekend. And once the final like this almost gets lost in, in, in the noise, lost in the chaos, which which is an awful shame. I suppose it's one of the, the, the side effects of, of the split season with so many inter-county games on together. But it would be great to see a big crowd in, in Mallow on Sunday at 3.30. It's clashing with the Cork Limerick um, hurling game, which is which is unfortunate. Um, it's, that's on at four o'clock up in up in the Gaelic grounds, but hopefully a crowd will turn out in Mellow for the for the Cork ladies on Sunday because we saw what a big crowd did for for Cork at Ahamilla a, a couple of weeks ago. It's the week of a Munster final, so shame. But talk to us first about the importance of the Munster championship to Cork. Of course, we have the All Ireland campaign to come and. That's a big one. But how important is it for Cork to, to be to be kings of their own patch? Yeah, look, I think I think it's very important. We never um took monster titles for granted, even all those times when you when the girls were winning them, winning all those all irons Kieran years ago. Um the monster title always meant something, you know, and it was always uh, I suppose uh well received and when we, we lost it. I remember losing it in 2015 when 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 Eamon was there. Um and we were very disappointed to lose it. You know, the girls were very disappointed. So, uh, it's always it's always mattered. And I suppose the fact this year that it was uh, around Robin as well, you know, gave us um, you know three three very good games, and we got a lot out of it. And look, we are certainly looking forward to Sunday because um, you know it's a chance I suppose to play against. Look, I, I think they're the best team in the country at the moment. Um, and we you know we look we got a draw against them the last day. You know, probably fortunate to get that. So. I think it's it's it, and I suppose that that draw against them, 
you know, uh, improved us. I think we were better against Waterford than the next day. So I think we're getting better by the game. But I do, I do know like that we we'll have to make a huge improvement from where we did uh, the first day in Parky Creek because you can't give a team like Kerry a ten point lead if they get ten points up on us on Sunday, they won't believe in that goal. And I think you know, look, I would say they they learned a lot from that game as well. Um, so look, any 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 title, you know, that's a cliche. Well, any title of being important, but it has always been valued in Cork. I know that from being there before, and I know that from speaking to the experienced players. And look, we have a lot of younger players in our squad as well, Kieran. Who, who will this will be their first month of senior final? So it's going to be very, very important to them, and I suppose to have that atmosphere and probably hopefully a good crowd in Mallow. And I think it's very, very important. And we, we certainly, we're certainly going out to win it. And but we know we have to be a lot better than what we were. You touched on Kerry there, Shane. Obviously, that's Cork's opponents this weekend, and you just call them they're the best team in the country right now. Have you been surprised by their emergence over the last couple of seasons? Because they really have shut out of the pack. Got to the All Ireland final last year. Okay, came up short, but they were impressive, winning Division One this year. So they really are a formidable team right now. Yeah, look, they are, and I suppose I haven't really been surprised. You know, uh, you know the talent has always been Kerry, I suppose, and you know in previous years, um, and always even when. I was talking to a man today from Kerry and you know even when we played them in 2015 we lost them like, they beat us by 12 points in the month's final in 15 you know we came back and beat them in the Ireland semi-final but there was nothing between them even when Cork were you know at the peak of their powers and I suppose in fairness to the two lads um, you know Declan and um, and Dara you know there's a consistency there as well you know they've been there just their fourth year with them and they've always had serious players like, I work with some of those players and you see Kyle Lynch uh, Louise Mahark like, they're class players and they've had good young players coming up as well. Maybe Kerry haven't been unbelievably successful at underage, but I suppose what they've done is brought through a few players each year, and they've built a very experienced squad. Um, you know they've got a lot of power and pace all over the team. And look, they were they absolutely dismantled Dublin Mead this year, just hammered Galway in the league final. Um, uh, you know, and I suppose to run up that lead against us was very very impressive as well. Looked at looked they probably took their foot off the gas, and you know, and as I said, but. They've been hugely impressive and they've built on, I suppose, last year. It probably would have been seen outside of Kerry and outside of people who know what's going on in the game. It would have been probably a surprise if they got to the All-Ireland final last year. You know, they weren't even favourites to win the Division 2 final when they played Armagh last year. It? But they've just kicked on. They've got great self-belief, I think, from um, from winning uh, winning winning Division 2 last year, getting to the All-Ireland final. And look, they were all out and, and did very well in the league this year. And, you know, they were very, they're very organised. They're very fit. They're... They've got great scoring forwards. They've got players at the back who can, you know, like like Sakaley Cronin, who can bomb up that field and create scores. And they just have been very, very impressive. And, you know, hats off to them. Um, you know, it'd be much easier if they, if they weren't going well for Sunday, but they, they have been. And, I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not blowing them up to say that they are the best team in the country. They're favourites for the All-Ireland, and rightly so. You mentioned there the, the recent meeting between Cork and Kerry in the round robin. So Kerry were 10 points up late on in that game, but Cork battled back impressively well to get a 2-14 a piece draw. What were the big lessons that Cork took from that game? Yeah, I suppose, look, uh, lots of things didn't function right for us that day. Our own kickouts, um, Kerry put a huge high press in them. Uh, something I suppose we've worked on very hard for the last few weeks. Um, I suppose we prided ourselves even in the league game. We did very well in the Kerry kickout, but Kerry obviously learned from that. And we didn't do so well. And just, I think, they're, I suppose they're, the pace that they play the game at, um, you know, I suppose our girls, you know, just we, we had thought we were we were ready for it. We just weren't, we weren't right. And I suppose um, they were really up for it, I think. And I think we've, we've learned a lot from it. And as I said, we, I think we were way better against, against Barton. We took a lot of learnings from it. Um, you know, and it's been tough going as well, three weeks in a row um, to play, you know, like the, 
the, the lads in the hurling championship stopped that. You know, a few years ago they were had they, they, they had no three weeks in a row, so it is tough going. But I think look, we learned a lot out of it. But I think Kerry would have as well if they got themselves in a very good position against us. So look, we've got to be very. We know we can't start the way we did um, against Kerry or give them that opportunity because they will punish you. And I and I'd be fairly sure if if they got ahead this time, that door would be shut. We wouldn't be getting back into. So we we know we'd be way better that way. Defensively, Cork were really strong against Waterford. He kept him to just four points in total, just one point from play. And you were talking to Jeremy McCarthy after the game, and you mentioned about the tackle count. You were pretty happy with Cork's tackle count. Uh, that defensive solidity against this Kerry attack, that's going to be so key again this weekend. Yeah, look, I think we were we, we were wide open a lot of the time um, against them um, in Parky Cueve. And they've got such class forwards, they're going to punish you. And I think, you know, I suppose that was something we... We had the whole pile of time to work on before the Waterford game. But, you know, I suppose we maybe forsake, forsake uh, a few other things and, and made sure we were more defensively solid against Waterford because Waterford, look, they, they call us problems in the league as well. So, look, we'd be very happy with that. But I would say, no disrespect to Waterford, the calibre of forwards that the Kerry have, um, you know, we, we still coughed up a lot of opportunities to Waterford. If we cough up those opportunities to Kerry, I think they'll be taken. So, you know, there's still things to work on. But, look, we've had the two weeks... Uh, you know, we were able to do a little bit more work on it. So I'm hoping like that if we like we know that we can see two fourteen on, on on Sunday or anywhere around that, or we like we can see the one fourteen against Tipperary, we know that we probably won't win the most title. So that's something we're really working on. And I suppose look as I said to George that day about the tackle count. I think that's coming from all over the field. And look at you see it in every game now. Look at the look the Mayo and Kerry men's game at the weekend, like the tackles, blocks and steals. Like Mayo were twenty four up on Kerry on that and Mayo won the match. And you know that's what it boils down to. Even though you know you're you're looking at the class players Kerry have in the in, in the men's team, so that's in every game now. The you know the hooks tackles and blocks and hurling, and the hooks tackles steals and in football, like it's the nitty gritty stuff. And I think you know we have to be way better at that. We've got talented players in Cork. We know that. So look, that's something we're pushing the girls with all the time. Panel wise, how are things looking at the moment? I see Laura Fitzgerald came off the bench against Waterford and got one two in her comeback. So it's great to have have those options available to you now, Shane. Yeah, look, it is. And I suppose the week before, or the Callahan came off the bench and scored one one, you know. And I think that's very, very important. And we're building a squad. Um, we've got talented players. Look, Orla's only starting out in her, her career. Fitzy, you know, that was actually her championship debut, even though she's one of the, you know, probably a more experienced player. She was in squads before, but injury cost her then last year. So, look, it's great to have those players. And other players are coming off the bench as well. Like, we've had different, we've used different, five different subs in, in, the, in, in all the games. We used 34 players over the league. So, we've loads of players who are, you know, chomping at the bit to get in there. And I think they're realising, I suppose, as well. And I suppose it's, it's a change of mentality for a lot of them. Because a lot of them are used to, probably, you know, playing all the time. Especially the younger girls are coming up, coming in from the minor squad, you know, the last few years where they've been on the team. It's a, it's a different mentality when you're in the senior squad to realise that, okay, it might be 20 minutes today. I think that's the important thing to change your mentality that I'm going to perform for my 20 minutes or my 40 minutes or my 50 minutes or whatever it may be and take their opportunity. And I think in fairness, uh, the girls have been absolutely excellent. The impact off the bench against Kerry was brilliant. Um, you know, even against Tip, we needed a bit, of, you know, it was a really warm day. First time we played in that kind of heat all year. And again, the bench, you know, livened up the whole place. And against Walford, again, look, Fitzy came on and got one too, but, you know, other girls came on there at the back, Laura Manny, uh, you know, Derek, Derek Nairi, Derek Kiley. You know, Mara Kellen as captain came on, you know, huge experience. I think that's the beauty of the squad we have at the moment. We've we have a very strong bench. And look, look, Sunday will be no different. It's going to be 20 players. And I think the more players realise that that, that it's, it is a 20-player game and that, you know, number 35 in our panel 
is working as hard as, as you know, number two in our panel because that's that's the way it has to be. And I think, um, you know, in fairness to the girls, that the impact off the bench has been asked for and when they're delivering. Finally, Shane, I just want to ask you, how much did the whole squad of management enjoy that game in Clonakilty recently? It was the first ever Munster Lady Senior Football Championship in West Cork. Clonakilty pulled out all the stops, I think, over 1,200 there. And all, all reports back was just a really positive experience for the players, for fans, everyone enjoyed it. Was it was it just great for the, the players to be able to get that connection with the fans, to mingle with them after and so on? And hopefully some of those fans will go to Mallow this weekend and just keep supporting the team as well. Yeah, look, it was absolutely brilliant. You know, everybody involved in it, you know, all the West Cork uh, ladies crowd. Um, and like, we're lucky, I suppose, we have Miriam Forbes involved with us from from Donnie's, who did a lot of work behind the scenes, getting mini games at half time. And look, the the Clinicality Ladies Club, you know, um, led by Yvonne Ryan and everybody in Clinicality J, they were absolutely brilliant on the day as well. You know, their organisation beforehand was brilliant. So everything ran very smoothly on the day. And to see that crowd, I suppose, there was a huge buzz around the place. And it was brilliant to be running out onto the field. And to hear that roar, like because it's look, it, it's often it doesn't happen, you know, you don't get that. that and then the buzz, I think everybody got a, a huge buzz that day. And afterwards, you saw the younger players mimicking the senior players doing their warm downs, and you know, and it was all these players flocking around our girls afterwards for autographs. I think it was a real kind of a you know, carnival atmosphere. And look, we got a great result then as well. And then look, it, it's something we were very happy to do, you know, it's something I suppose we had planned on doing before, but it didn't work out. Um, for one reason or another, and and I'd certainly something Kieran we're going to look at again because uh, look West Cork has that has the football reputation and there there were you could see that there were uh, there was lots of people I you know believed at that match who hadn't got the latest football match before but would be big football fans and I think they would surely enjoyed it and I think that's only goes well for everybody and look for the kids down in West Cork you know um, it was fantastic for them to be able to see their heroes. And you know, and I think that's 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 the big thing about it that these girls are their heroes, and it's not looking up to the their male counterparts all the time, like like most of them have to do. But and to have them accessible then as well. Look, and our girls and parents are there. Look, they're great. They're they've got great personalities. Um, you know, and they were more than happy to be you know signing autographs and doing things for the girls and things like that. So look, we were delighted with the whole experience, and certainly something we're going to we look at doing again because it, it was a. It worked out very well, and look, and I have to thank everybody again, Kieran, um, down in West Cork, um, especially in Clannacilty, they were brilliant and really made us everyone feel so welcome. And look, I'm sure Waterford didn't enjoy the game, but I'm sure they enjoyed the atmosphere and knowing the the carnival atmosphere that was down there. And fair play to everybody down there. Fingers crossed, it'll be another successful outing for the Cork ladies this weekend. Best best of luck on Sunday, Shane. Thanks very much, Kieran. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back again to the Star Sport Podcast. There is a whole lot of West Cork sport happening. It's the time of year to be picking up the Southern Star. And tomorrow, Kieran, we have another stellar edition of the Star Sport newspaper. And can you give us a sneak preview of what's in this week's start? Just going to flag again, Dylan, the big spread, the big interview with Fintan McCarthy. Like I said earlier, that's well worth to read to get into the, the mind uh, Olympic and World Rowing Championship and see what he's thinking right now. But there's loads in there bes- besides it. Uh, obviously, the inter-county action, it's hot and heavy at the moment. So we have an interview with Pat Ryan, the Cork Hurling Manager, an interview with John Cleary, the Cork Football Manager, and Shane Ronan, who we just heard from there, the Cork Ladies Football Manager, ahead of huge weekends for a huge weekend, sorry, for the 
of those various Cork teams. You also have a tribute to Castlevin G, great James O'Neill, who passed away recently, and Tom Lyons has pinned a, a lovely, lovely words about James O'Neill and what he was what he meant to local GA, Carby GA, and, and Cork GA. So, so that, that's well worth to read. We go big in the county league again. Clan Town is our feature game this weekend. We also have a roundup from the from the most recent weekend of action that sees Donnie's go well in Division 3, Haven slipping up in Division 1, Clan Town go well in Division 2, and so on. So check it out on Thursday to see where your club is at. Also have an interview with Maeve Cahillan from the famous Cahillan dynasty. So she's talking about why she chose Cork Camogie over football this year. Maeve was a, a, a dual player the last couple of seasons. She juggled both at senior level, but this season she's decided to focus on Cork Camogie only and she's parked Cork football for a moment. So she explains her, her reasons for that. It's an interesting interview because her younger sister Orla is still a dual player or a new dual player. She's playing both senior and football for, for Cork and is just about out of minor. So that's an interesting read. Obviously, we go big on the Beamish Cup final. We have a double page spread on that. So any fans of Dunmanway Town, make sure you get your star on Thursday. We also have the Batch Report reaction from the West Cork League Premier Division Cup final for Drina Rangers followed up their league win with a big cup win. Jack Crowley added to his He's he's um he's a he's award collection last week when he won a young men's player of the year award at the Irish Rugby Awards and we have a report and pictures from that we have athletics road bowling soccer motorsport kickboxing um bench kickboxer Tony Stevenson has been officially selected for the Irish team going to the European Games next month in Krakow so it's a really packed Southern Star sport on Thursday. And don't be the one to miss out. Make sure you pick it up. Yeah, and all as always, if you're further afield, you can't make the shops, you can't buy a physical copy of the Southern Star. You can subscribe online to the Southern Star e-paper and you can get the paper on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie. Enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week. In there this week as well, we have a free 16-page motoring supplement, so lots there for car fans and fanatics. And as always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again next week.